Welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I am joined by Brian Cobley, our students <laughs> director. <laughs> These flashlights were a bad idea. Uh, Cliff Tatama, our interim pastor, and oh darn it! <laughs> I was going to see how long you could wait. For the audio-only listeners, we have some flashlights here from um, Allison's message and. Please do not shine. It's so bad for video. Please do not shine your flashlights. Anyways, Brian and Allison are having a lot of fun with their flashlights, and they're flashing them, and they're doing the ghost story effect where you're at a campfire, and you have the flashlight below your face, and then you shine it so you look creepy. So a little bit of context for you. We also have Allison Coney, our community care pastor and speaker from Sunday. Okay, um, you get one more. We're gonna each. be in you get big one more trouble, <laughs> Brian. We're getting in trouble. You get one more flashlight flash each. Okay, so use it sparingly. Um, Sorry, Dad. So if you weren't here on Sunday, or if you didn't watch on Sunday, um, or if you didn't watch in between, um, you probably have no idea what the flashlights are about. We'll get to that when we talk more about Allison's message. But it was part of an illustration um, in Allison's message. A little bit uh, going back. To last week, uh, Cliff started us on our um, first week of our new series, All In, which is a study of um, Romans 8. I told you it was called All In. Remember you and I had a discussion of the week? I thought it was just all. <laughs> it's All In. All In is the title. Yeah. Um, so Cliff started us out week one, taking off the first couple verses of um, Romans chapter 8. And then Allison shared with us yesterday, or wow, yeah, yesterday. Um, shared with yesterday verses five through 11. So not yesterday. Sorry, Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. <laughs> and Movie. today's Tuesday. What? And, and today's Tuesday. It's true. Yeah. Um, anyways, all the movie <laughs> making magic is gone now. Thanks, Brian. Um, Thanks, Brian for messing up my podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we have talked about um, the first two, let's just call them chunks of Romans 8. Um, when we were sitting down and looking at each week, Cliff, you kind of put these little subtitles over the chunks, right? So the first week was, uh, what was that first subtitle? All Condemnation. All Condemnation, that's correct. And then, Allison, what was your, uh, when you got your little um, scripture assignment, what was the little title above yours? All Set. So all like your set. mind yes. is set all. Sweet. So um, what I'd like to do is just kind of, we'll go through the message. We'll also kind of look at the, um, what is that, six verses that you got for your week. Um, and we'll kind of just talk through it and, and look at it through the lens of um, your main theme, which was had to do with mindset. You had three points that all had to do with mindset. But if, could you just remind um, the listeners or the watchers of what that main takeaway was? What was my first? <laughs> I knew that, uh, let's see. There was one point. And then the second point <laughs> I love it. Your mindset uh, impacts your actions and your satisfactions. Yes. Um, so, so your main points were oh. mindset reveals my true affections. Right. Mindset influences my actions. And mindset affects my satisfaction. Yeah. Um, I love that last point. Thanks, Brian. Speak more on that, Brian. <laughs> Say more. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's one of the, honestly, it's one of the points that makes me stop and like, every one of those points actually make me stop and go, 
is that true? Yep. And then, uh, so that last one, uh, say it again, my mindset affects my satisfaction. satisfaction. Um, I mean, how true is that? Just, I mean, think about all of us who just, you know, came out of Christmas Mm -hmm. and there's a gift that we got that's like, oh, that's great. But like our mindset's like, wow, this gift was terrible. (laughs) And then in your mind, you know, that affects the satisfaction. Mm -hmm. If you're like, you know, have a good mindset going into Christmas, maybe you're like, mm. all gifts are like, oh, this is amazing. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Mm-hmm. But just even that change of mindset where it changes from just accepting people's blessings and like, no, I kind of, you know, I know specifically what I want out of this to know like, yeah, that gift was not great. Mm-hmm. So like just a small taste of like what we all can experience that we just went through with uh, mm-hmm. satisfaction, but just throughout life. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much how often does it sneak up our, of, of us, our discontentment and yeah. things in life? Um, I know just like my house, you know, I see pictures of other people's house. I'm like, oh, gosh, mm-hmm. I wish I had a tub that I could fit in. <laughs> it's a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can, how yeah. tall you are, Cliff, I think you understand yeah. that struggle. But just simple as seeing other people get yeah. like a nice deep tub. I'm just like, I hate my tub. <laughs> I'm never taking a bath again. Mm. Until I get that tub, right? But just that mindset can can, yeah. can just totally change your right. And even to even to some really serious stuff. I mean, I mean that's that's serious, but it's not really serious, think, right? Man, I really yeah. want to take a bath one day. Yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking of my dad passing last week and the mindset of of we're here to celebrate. We're here to celebrate a life well lived. Mm-hmm. And that's the mindset you're going in because of, because of, because it's set in the word, because it's set on a life lived in Christ, it changes everything and how you approach all of those things. So I thought it was a, a, and I agreed with your uh, analysis at the very beginning when you said in 30 minutes, we can just kind of tickle the surface of this and uh, because it's so true, but it's also such a powerful uh, thing to be thinking about. Yeah, I kind of wondered if maybe in the future we want to have a series based on um, mindset or expectation or um, how the Lord can kind of rewire our minds as well, Mm -hmm. uh, transform Mm -hmm. uh, and renew. There's just so much uh, having to do with our faith and the way that we think, the way that we think about ourselves, the way we think about our theology or our doctrine impacts so much. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about yep. mindset. It's funny because you talk about uh, in your there's a lot of living according to the flesh, mind of the spirit, mind of the flesh in your text and talking about satisfaction and a mindset. Um, it makes me go back to even uh, Peter and Jesus, where Jesus was saying that I'm going to like, yes, I am the Messiah. And I'm that means I'm going to die and, and leave. And Peter's like, whoa, dude. I pulled him off to the side and said he rebuked Jesus saying, don't talk like that. And that's when, you know, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. But just that, that mindset of, are you talking about, like, if you go into this with the right mindset, like it showed us right there that Peter's mindset was completely wrong about what Jesus was going to do and couldn't even celebrate the salvation that Jesus was just saying was going to happen with everyone that he didn't, I don't want salvation. I want, I want you. Right. Right. But yet that, that example is a great one because of how much Peter changed that, right. Indicating and demonstrating that what Paul's talking about here is we need to actively be thinking about what we need to change or how we need to set our minds Mm -hmm. so that we can have life. And, 
um, I had uh, a rough draft of this sermon ready to go, and I asked Amanda Salisbury to come and screen it for me, and she sat over in the chair, and I delivered it, and she gave some really good feedback afterwards, uh, wanting me to talk a little bit more about who Paul was talking to, uh, what was their mindset at the time, and therefore, why was he addressing this? So I thought that was a really interesting take. So I went back and rewrote uh, the first section of it so that we would talk about, like, who is Paul's audience? What was their mindset at the time? Um, largely, I gleaned that they were basing their righteousness on the law. Um, they knew by adhering to this, like, rule book, basically, I know how to be in right standing with God. And so this is going to be how I earn righteousness. Um, and this is how to do life. So then Paul's admonishment about like, no, actually, don't be bound to that way. You know, you're living now by the spirit and you're free. Um, just was an interesting way for me to reflect on things that I feel like, oh, if I do these things, I'm in right standing with God. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, not necessarily. Right. You know, that right. does that doesn't earn you righteousness. Yeah. It's by faith now. Yeah. So anyhow, it was a really cool exercise. I was glad I pulled her in, you know, for for that. Yeah, it so. happens a lot of times when we're writing sermons that we we know the context, we know the why it was written, and we kind of forget to get everybody up to where we are when it comes to yeah. knowing why this message is so important, why these six verses were right. so important then. We kind of skip to why it's so important now that we forget to say, well, here's why life really hasn't changed in yeah. 2,000 years. Yeah. We all kind of go back to that again. Yep. So, When we started talking about Romans, obviously we acknowledge that there's so much... Um, there's so much to chew on and, and to talk through, but I'm curious, Allison, because uh, as I read through five and five through eleven, um, I was curious what was what was the verse in that section specifically five through eleven that made you excited to speak on this, or um, you thought, man, I could spend most of my time just here on this one verse, or maybe it's two verses. I'm curious if there's any. Um, maybe it's five. Five verses, <laughs> or, like six, five. or six. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I think it captivated me to think of those who are living in the flesh, set their minds on the flesh, slash, the sinful nature. So people um, captivated me to remember that people who don't have the Holy Spirit in them um, can't help but think of fleshly things because they're mm. in their flesh right and they actually cannot please god so that one just blew my mind because it felt really intense mm -hmm. to think of that because i think in the past i've only thought of that passage in terms of like a christian who does have the holy spirit in them who just continues to walk in the flesh yeah and that they can't please god Mm. But I don't think it's saying that. I think it's people who are without the Holy Spirit yeah. unable to please God. Mm -hmm. 
that they cannot. They can't. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think that's where I pulled out, like, in my head, I was thinking of these flashlights and my example and my little illustration. Yeah. Those that don't have batteries in them can't shine. Like, they just cannot. Um, So, like, they're not fulfilling the purpose that God created them for. So it is when you have the Holy Spirit in you or batteries in you, you're given the ability to shine. Um, I had an ex- a little, I don't know, in my illustration, I had one flashlight that didn't shine, even though it had batteries in there. Mm-hmm. There was something blocking the shine. Um, but I don't know. It. I guess that's the part that captivated my attention the most was the theology of people who can't please God. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think every, uh, you know, every illustration we use can break down, break down at one point. Right. And I think, um, the point where, so, so somebody can do the same works. Somebody can act the same way and not have their, their, uh, and not by, and, and it's not by the spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's part, one, mm-hmm. part of what Paul was concerned mm-hmm. about, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so he's saying, Hey, you cannot please God if you don't have the spirit in you. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think in our world, it would be, I don't know how we'd have that. It would be a mm-hmm. fake flashlight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it would look like it, mm-hmm. but it isn't it. Mm-hmm. You cannot please God if you don't have the spirit in you, because that's what pleases him. Mm-hmm. And then the, the product of that is it may be the actions that come out of that or how we how we change our mind or how we think with our mind but um but the same person or another person who does not have the spirit might do the same thing they might love somebody they might care for somebody they might help the poor they might do all these different things but doing those actions actually doesn't please god mm-hmm. because it's not with god in mind mm-hmm. their mind isn't set on him mm-hmm. it's set on themselves or on whatever's causing mm-hmm. them to do that mm-hmm. I gotta agree with you. When I go into that verse, usually I, I, you know, sometimes read scripture based upon putting yourself in it. Like, how how is this gonna help me? Um, be more like Christ. But yeah, I don't think I've ever approached that verse of people who have not accepted Christ, have not received mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit before. Mm-hmm. That's a definitely a different perspective there. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of. You know, I always am falling down the rabbit holes um, (laughs) in research, and it's just really hard. I I saw you midweek, and you were asking how the prep was going, and I was like, I can't get out of the rabbit holes yet. Yeah. Mm. But, um, you know, at some point you have to and emerge and start putting things on paper and seeing where the Holy Spirit leads. So I was way more captivated by the the front end of that passage, Mm -hmm. uh, the back end. Uh, not so much. Interesting. I my favorite from that section is verse eleven. Seriously. Yeah. Will you read it back? Yeah. It's um. This is ESV. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Um. And I was thinking about it because it's something that we've heard so many times, right? But repetition doesn't make something less true, right? It's just maybe the effect that it has on us when we hear it again, you're like, yeah, I know. Like I've heard that so many times. 
But when you really like break that down and you think about the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now in us, you really have to take a step back and be like, wow, that's actually really powerful. But because we've heard it so many times, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a cool verse, Hayden. Um, we also definitely emphasize our mortal bodies. <laughs> yeah, our mortal bodies, right? So I don't know. I that's I, I think I had the same feeling last week with one of Cliff's verses where it's like, yeah, I've heard this a thousand times, but it doesn't mean it's any less true. It's just maybe it doesn't have that same... I don't know shock factor to us. Yeah, so. I'm really, I am really curious why Paul. I I don't think he's ever done it before in his letters, but I have to double check. But I don't think he ever wrote mortal bodies before, and so I'm wondering, like in this text, like why, why did he emphasize mortal bodies? Like what what was happening in Rome for him to really mm. say that your yeah. your mortal bodies? Because yeah. I think oh, I think it's an assumption we all have mortal bodies, so. Um, I, th- I think specifically wrote it, and I'm now curious. Like, I mean, you why, think about yeah, why did you? You think about Rome and the fact that the emperors were living gods, right? Like Julius Caesar was God, and like Nero was God. So I think this clear distinction of like you follow an emperor who calls himself a god, but in fact, it's not. We are all mortal bodies. There's only been one God who's came down to earth, right? Yeah, that'd be my first inclination. I think it, there might be another thing uh, to that, and, and Allison actually touched on it um, in the message, is that he says he's going to give life to your mortal body. So it starts now, yeah, but it goes on for eternity. Actually, I had this idea while I was prepping. There was so much uh, in the passage that I felt was speaking to now and later, yeah, and I wanted to emphasize that. I actually went to a few markets to see if I could find now and later candies. And I was going to put them on all of the chairs that day just to drive home the point. Like so much of this is for now. So much of it is for later. I can't find now and laters anymore. Those candies, I haven't seen a now and later in forever. I've never looked for them really. They're the hardest candy that always gets stuck in your teeth. Yeah. But I was like, this is the perfect time for it. Yeah. And then, of course... When's the last time you've had an hour later? None. Huh? None. When's the last time you've had an hour later? I don't know if I've ever had an hour later. What? I don't like even the, know. I don't know if it was an hour like, later. I can't remember. <laughs> the candy is <laughs> like super hard to open. It's like individually packaged or wrapped. They're like, like hard Starburst. Starbursts, right? Yeah, like super hard, flat versions of Starburst. Yeah. That are just like... Well, I'm telling you now, either it's a supply chain issue or it's just never going to be a... Sermon illustration. They don't make <laughs> yeah, them anymore. Make them. Too, late. Now too late now. Canceled, but dots aren't. Well, and airheads are a plenty. I could have put those right? out. <laughs> I don't know. Call Probably airheads. This, this is you if right. you don't have life in your right, mortal right. body. You're just air. Well, I think so far, I mean, it's only been two weeks, so it's hard to call anything a pattern or a theme, but week one and now week two, kind of a, a theme that we've hold on is um, yes, eternity will be amazing. Living in heaven will be amazing to be united with God. But we've kind of reminded people that like the power of Jesus affects your life right now. We talked about yeah. it's not just about making sure your loved ones don't go to hell. It's also there's this abundant life that they can be a part of right now. So I love that you brought that up, Allison, because I mean, again, it's only been two weeks, but that's something that we've touched on both weeks is the power of Jesus in your life takes place today, not just when we get to leave this world behind and go to heaven. 
I guess people always talk about waiting to spend time with Jesus when you can do it now. Hmm. Look at you. <laughs> right? Look at you. Yeah. Um, and, and next week we'll, we'll reiterate that again. Wow. So, spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Spoiler that is alert. Spoiler. It goes on. Oh, man. It goes on. It goes, it goes on. on. There's got to be some yeah. mystery, you know? You know, you know what I find fascinating Cold is that when I, when I was telling my wife after I was kind of sat down and went, wow, I think there are actually kind of eight segments here. And she yeah. said, really? You're going to take eight weeks to go through Romans chapter 8? And now that we've started doing it, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, we probably should have taken 16 or 24 or something mm -hmm. because there are yeah. there's so much more that can actually be, yeah. you know, uh, unfolded on on so many of these that uh, mm -hmm. it's really yeah probably can do three ver three sermons on these on six verses yeah. yeah. right. right. well I think yeah. what's what'll hopefully what'll happen is I think all of us would have preferred to do a longer series just on this chapter um, but I hope that it in, at least inspires or encourages people to go out and then do the research and reading themselves, because I, I hope that's that's what happens as you go through, you read five through 11 and you're like, wow, Allison just blazed through all this, right? And then you're like, okay, cool. I need to, I personally need to go through and, and read five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 and spend time on that, right? Because we have that struggle of, we don't want to bore the snot out of the congregation, but at the same time, every one of these verses is are so powerful, right? Mm -hmm. So we do... You know, that wasn't a, a dig at you, Allison. We kind of do have to blaze through these chunks a little bit um, because not everyone is as entertained or, or sees the value in it right off the bat like maybe we do because we've spent so much time in the Bible. Um, I'm curious, when did the mindset um, language enter your sermon? Because I read through it and he uses the word mind and then like two words in between and then set a lot. So like I could see the connection there, but I'm curious when mindset um, entered into your, your planning. Well, I think it depends on what translation you use that mindset are those two words are set together um, or he would rephrase it and say, set your mind. Yeah. Set your mind. I is think, what I, saw. Um, I think because it's January it's a new year. I think I've had mindset on my mind <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. because everybody's setting goals and intentions yep. and word of the year and like focus. It's a, such a big part of any new year. Um, I've got a friend who's got a mindset coach and mm -hmm. she talks, you know, about how she's retraining her, her mind to be thinking like a champion or a, a winner. So I think it was easy for me to segue into that space and think about the quote unquote power of the mind or the way that, uh, I don't know, we are affected by the way we think for good, better or best. I got a tangent <coughs> question. Yeah. Um, the church that I was serving at before Arbor is doing a series on the word of the year. Is that a common thing? Cause yeah. That was it the is. first time I heard it with the, the series, but then you just said, I'm like, oh, this might be more common than I, I realized. There's, people yeah, do like I word think of it, the year. I think I've heard probably the last eight years, yeah. instead of so much resolutions that people will pray about a specific word okay. to encapsulate a big goal for the year or just the way that they feel the spirit leading them for 
um, you know, like peace, like Michael yeah, was saying earlier. The closest earlier. one I remember is Michael always telling us that his family, uh, each individual family member chooses one of the fruit of the spirits. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but I didn't know yeah. what are the years of. Yeah, and then you can get like jewelry. Like there's a whole market for it. Yeah. Like yeah, with the yeah. word on yeah, there. Yeah, I don't, I don't oh, know. How, I, I'm, I'm thinking it was. I think, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's jewelry started, is my it word started, of the started, year. You know, anytime, <laughs> anytime you start is, is the, the, get something going like that, then. People jump Somebody's going to make money off of it. Somebody lost yeah. the market. So yeah. An Etsy painting that someone's going to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Hayden. Did we bore you with that one? No. I was I was just looking. So last week, I, I looked at the message uh, for Cliff's section, and I was looking at the message right now for. Um, like the message translation? Yeah. Sorry. That wasn't okay. very clear how I said that. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah I was looking at Allison's that's a, message. That is, that is, just to be clear for our listeners, that's actually not a translation. Paraphrase? It's a paraphrase. Yeah. Okay. And Eugene Peterson, who yep. did it, right, yep. wanted to make sure that people knew that because he was not Correct. going back to original manuscripts. He was reading multiple translations and then just paraphrasing them mm-hmm. to his for his own church. And I thought he did a great job on that. He got a lot of heat from people in... He still does. He still does. <laughs> Except but he's dead. Not he anymore. doesn't care anymore. Say, he didn't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? He, he got a lot of heat, but his whole... his The people who cast dispersions on him, in my opinion, should look in the mirror because um, they wouldn't like what they see because he, he, the intent was just, I just want to make it in really explainable language to my yeah. little congregation. Yeah. And this is just my paraphrase of what it says. And so I think I, I love it at times that sometimes it can, you know, you look, you go back and you really look at it and you go, I'm not sure you're right there, Eugene, but, but when you have that liberty, I mean, if I yeah. did it the same thing, it would just be, hey, this is just my thoughts of what mm-hmm. it comes out of. So anyway, I, and I think I used it the week before, if I remember yeah. Yeah, as well. We've, so, got, so, yeah. we've gone two for seven. two yeah. with the message so far. Because you used I, the message in yours, Allison. I did yes. a little bit. Yeah. I, I feel like for our congregation, um, at least who's here on Sundays, it seems like we have some seasoned believers mm-hmm. here and often they can get a little um, dull-minded with hearing the same thing in the same words. Um, I know for myself, I like being challenged to read different translations or paraphrases or whatever so that the teaching is fresh for me. Yeah. And it captures my attention and imagination in a new Mm way. So that's why I, I peppered it in there a little bit. Yeah. I, I just think the message is interesting because it's it's a sermon without application, right? Like he he's just interpreting scripture the way that he would look at it and then he writes it down. And I don't ever go to the message and say, This is my this is now how I believe, or this is my interpretation of scripture. It's always for me refreshing to look at it, right? Because I've sat there and said, That's what this means, that's what this means, and then I read his and I go, Okay. Maybe it's not completely different, but it's really like some of the words he uses. I was, what for whatever reason, um, just stuck on this part. It, if you haven't read the message, he doesn't go verse by verse. He does like verse chunks. So this one's for 9 through 11. But he said, but for you who welcome him in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. Mm-hmm. Which that was like... I can yeah. see how he got there, but I would never have thought about it like that. Like we experience life on God's term. We still experience the limitations of sin, but it's on God's terms that we experience life, which I just, 
if I maybe had a year to go through, I'd get to that spot and use those words, but it's just <laughs> really nice to look at it and say, okay, now I can look at this and go back to mm-hmm. the ESV, NIV, NLT, whatever, mm-hmm. and and read through it and just have a different interpretation, right? It's just by just like listening to other preachers mm-hmm. share the same message. I really don't know if you did that on purpose, but when you said that ESV, NIV, NLT, yep. you really yep. went the scale yep. of... Word to word, thought for thought. Yep. I don't know if you purposely did that, but it was purposeful. On the graph, you did a great job with that. Yeah. Well, then the message, like what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. NLT yeah. message way over yeah. <laughs> on a different field. I yeah. actually really wanted to use the Holman Christian yeah. Standard Bible, oh, yeah. which is now just Christian Standard Bible. I wanted to shout out that our youth group is using that version, um, but I also was mindful that mindset be used um yeah in the, the in what you're doing in there. what i was yeah. saying so yeah. i chose differently but that's, yeah, a, that's an indie pick right there yeah, allison hcsb wow last uh thursday when yeah. we were preaching in proverbs there's a spot that i loved where in the first proverbs and the esv translation that says that you know this is good for uh discernment for the youth and i'm like oh that's awesome like mm-hmm. make it relevant for them and i was grabbing our bible which is the csb and it did not say that mm. and it was mm-hmm. like it was like discretion for the simple i'm like oh i'm not gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna do that i don't think they're gonna like that <laughs> yeah. yeah so i actually i stuck to the esv because oh, i'm like no i like okay. that we're just talking about the youth i don't think we need to call the youth simple yeah, yeah. <laughs> might have a different context now yeah. Yeah. yes all of a sudden <laughs> losing some go students. Over well <laughs> um so i'm curious allison was there any uh any portions that you you already shared some, but any portions that you had to cut out for time's sake? Any of those uh, rabbit trails that you wish you could have traveled farther down? Um, I think what I did is I cut myself out. Um, mm. So Brian and I have talked about this a little bit about how teachers and preachers can insert themselves a lot, which makes yeah. it applicable or. It, entertaining for Mm -hmm. an audience to listen to because you kind of hear how it's applied to the speaker. Um, So I had some examples in there of how mindset has impacted my life, um, how there had been a before and Mm -hmm. then an after. Yeah. Uh, And then I pulled it out. I was like, oh, forget it. It's going long. And um, if I'm going to pull anything out, let's pull me out. Mm Um, so yeah, definitely pulled that out. Mm. Um, I felt like there were some meaty things I also pulled out too. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. On that, on that concept, that has been now a constant battle of mine. I know of, of, we should not have talked about, we this. should not have talked about this. Now we're like overly sensitive about it. Like, whoops, there's, yeah. Yeah. but you did have a, a few things in there. Because uh, about yourself and the application, which I appreciated. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. do like you and I talking about that too, because, you know, I think today a lot of young preachers can get discounted from preaching because they don't have life experience. Oh, interesting. And yeah. so that concept of, yeah, but you can also preach the word. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I love, I love that where oh, you good. can, like, you don't have to insert yourself because you mm-hmm. can just preach the word. Yeah. And so yeah. a lot of young Speakers are saying, no, you can't do it because you don't have life experience. It's like, okay, but don't look down on my youthfulness. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, I can still just preach the word. Hmm. 
Well, I think I'm just so hungry and desperate for people to take the scripture mm. and have it change their life yeah. that I, I want to over yep. uh, emphasize that part of it, the life change part, not that we're just not learning the stuff just to build up knowledge. Um, it's going to affect us mm -hmm. and, and transform us. So I tend to go heavier on that part than continuing just to dole out, mm. you know, facts and stuff. So mm. anyhow. And there is that incredibly important piece hmm. that you would have loved to add it right there because that's perfect. That setting the mind hmm. doesn't mean accumulating knowledge. Mm -hmm. It means being transformed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's, yeah. Something that, oh, go ahead, Allison. No, I was going to say, well said. Mm. <laughs> um, something that I just want to talk about for a little bit before we uh, wrap up the podcast is the first two weeks we've got a very clear compare and contrast between flesh and spirit. Right. Um, and I think that <clears throat> at least for myself, so if I'm the only one that feels this way, then <laughs> this is, this next part's just for me. Um, but I feel like there is, um, there's a little bit of like ambiguity around the word flesh. When we talk about, um, how Paul sees the flesh, how a lot of the, the authors of the Bible see the flesh, um, I think it'd just be kind of helpful to talk about um, what is what does it mean when when we talk about living in the flesh or being you know drawn to the desires of the flesh? Because for me, I think about God made us this way intentionally, right? To be fleshly beings, um, but still chose to have the Spirit dwell in us. So, what does it mean when when Paul says you're living by the flesh or you're being pulled by the desires of the flesh? Is there is it mean everything that our our fleshly bodies yearn for are bad and negative and not useful to the kingdom of God? Um, if that's the case, then that's that's fine. But I'm I'm curious is there um, is there a better understanding that we can have when Paul talks about flesh and then spirit? So, not that I know everything, but yeah, <laughs> my my one take that I put on a sticky note on my notes mm -hmm. was to discern between things of the spirit would be ideas, thoughts, attitudes, goals mm -hmm. that would belong to the Lord. Like, so things like prioritizing the poor, the marginalized, yeah. um, seeking peace and love, unity, like concepts and things that belong to the heart of Christ. Anything that goes counter to those things mm -hmm. would be, of the flesh. Okay. Or, or things that, um, so we all have, God's created us with certain, we all get hungry. Mm -hmm. You can take, uh, that, that thing of the flesh, which is just hunger mm -hmm. and you can push that too far. And now you become, um, uh, what is it when they, when they throw up the food or when they eat so much and, Glut you know, gluttons. gluttons and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Which would be, now we're becoming yep. in a place that's not appropriate. It's like an yep. exaggerated appetite. Yes. It's a, yeah. Or so the same, th the same, yeah. Even with, with our sexuality and everything else, mm -hmm. there's an appropriate God ordained use. And there is an, uh, mm -hmm. a, where, where we begin to do it just to fulfill what's all about us. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not, mm -hmm. our minds aren't on God in the process. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I would explain it for myself personally. It's yeah. just testing 
my desires with God's desires. Because mm-hmm. um, there could be good things in this world mm-hmm. that is still more flesh fleshy for me than mm-hmm. like what it should be. Like uh, example, like uh, when I first wanted to become a youth pastor, I had to sit down and go, okay, is this actually what I feel like God's calling me to do? Or yeah. do I want to be the center of attention mm-hmm. on the stage? Like if that's the case, then something that's actually good is actually not. It's yeah, the desires exactly. of my flesh, not the desires of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And so there's even uh, the way to discern it for me is, okay, let me really check with God. Like, is this from you? Is this mm-hmm. the feeling I have? Is this from you or is this me? If it's mm-hmm. me, then I don't want it. Yeah. I, I just think it's interesting. And I kind of want to take what you were saying, Brian, and, and run with it a little bit is, um, you had mentioned that there was a desire to speak, right? And to, and to be on stage and share God's word. And, you know, if you break that down and look at it and say, is my desire to be on stage to share God's word or is it to be the center of attention? And for people to say, wow, Brian's really smart and articulate X, Y, and Z. Um, to me, I think that's where the the conflict of what I've seen from Paul in Romans so far is, is not necessarily that anything that God has shared through him is wrong. It's just maybe requires a little bit more understanding and research of um, it's not flesh or spirit, right? It's f- the spirit in our flesh, in our bodies, right? Because I see in you, when you share that story, that's actually a really good thing for the kingdom. And it's very beneficial for the kingdom for you to have that desire. And then to not just say, it'd be easier for me to just go up and tell funny stories and teach people things. And I could get a lot of praise for it. The harder thing would be to deny myself and ask those questions that you ask yourself of, am I just putting myself into this sermon for whatever reason? Right? So I I think what I'm getting so far from Romans eight is we are made out of flesh and there's no denying that. It doesn't mean that we lean into our fleshly desires, but we say, I'm going to do the hard work of having the spirit in me and still accepting my humanity and focusing on spiritual matters. Right. Um, and it it even, I started thinking about it when we talked about the flashlights, right. Where, um, maybe they couldn't shine because they didn't have the spirit in them. And it made me think about, uh, reading a book by John Mark Comer called garden city, where he talks about that God is proud of us and has pride in us when we do things that he's equipped us to do, whether that's going out and evangelizing or just making a cup of coffee really well. Cause let's say you're a barista, right? Like there's still pride that God has in us. And I think that's kind of the division, right? Of, I think God's still proud of his creation when they do things well, but he might not be glorified if we don't have the spirit in us. Right? So if I'm going out and helping the poor and the needy, but I don't love Jesus and he's not a part of my life, I still think God looks down and is proud of his child, but God's not getting the glory for that. Right. And I think that's kind of the whole, you know, maybe that won't be a theme that runs through Romans of, you know, God can still be proud of his creation and still love his creation, even though his creation is not glorifying him. Um, yeah, I just, I, I want to maybe the whole reason I asked this question was to just get some more understanding on what does Paul mean by the flesh and is, is flesh all bad and spirits all good. So yeah. All right. Well, you guys cool with wrapping up? All right. Um, Well, thank you guys so much for listening or watching the follow-up podcast. And we will see you guys next week.